What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 90, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name's Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, it's been a uh, it's been a week one of a new expansion. Um, overall, really enjoying myself, uh, unless I queue into a couple of very specific decks, and um, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, there's been a lot of new fun cards, and uh, I've had a lot of fun mostly uh playing with them or when i've gotten to play with them yeah the um the first week of the playtest server has been um a bit up and down but hopefully once the expansion actually launches next week um i'm really looking forward to seeing what we can what we can really do in wild yeah um it it has been a week uh i think raffle you very aptly described it as it, it is it has been a week um there are two very specific decks that we're gonna hop into uh to kind of start off the conversation that uh have been on the radar uh, of the dev team. We, we've got some comments. We'll talk about everything, uh, but it, it's kind of ruining the, uh, the the experience of many people's first week uh, of Voyage to the Sunken City and kind of ruining uh, or hiding a lot of really really sweet cards from the new expansion. And of course, we're talking specifically about Switcheroo Boar Priest, and we're talking about uh, Kalethos Druid. So Kalethos Druid, we uh, you know, it, it was a thing the week before the expansion dropped, but they, they got a couple new toys, and uh, they're out here still killing people as early as turn two, turn three, uh, by barnsing into a Kael'thas and then playing their entire deck and uh, killing you with uh, with damage. And the other one being the uh, the Switcheroo Boar Priest doing basically the same thing, turn three, turn four, killing you uh, by swapping the boar stats with the darkness. So if you guys have played much Wild Ladder, you guys know about these decks, and, uh, and yeah... Uh, so I guess the first little part of today's podcast will be a, a venting session slash therapy session for uh, for all of you guys out there that have been hurt uh, by these two combo decks. I think uh, me personally, like I vastly underestimated just how consistent both of these would be. Like we we've had Kalefoss before, and it was kind of a meme, right? Like Kalefoss himself wasn't good for the game, but that all in OTK deck wasn't really all that great. But now it has Aquatic Form. Um, and various other, like, Capture Cold Tooth Mine is huge for that. Um, even um, Moonlit Guidance really helps you find your pieces a lot more quickly. So it just, like, it has what it needs to be pretty consistent at this point. So, um, y you know, I knew that that deck was going to be obnoxious, but I didn't think it was going to be as reliable as it is right now. I've even been seeing Goku, like, um, playing a less... I don't want to call it a less all-in list because he's basically playing Kazakasan on uh, on turn three or four while emptying his deck. But less all-in on the damage. It just power cycles with uh, with draw and ramp makes a big board because of Miracle Growth is now a card, which is very good for it. Not only does it draw, but it also makes a big boy basically acting like a third and fourth copy of um, uh, Ultimate Infestation. And then on top of that, you've got... Uh, You've got the seven mana heal spell as well. So you've just got like all the draw in the world and then you can play Kazakazan early while threatening lethal with your board. And it's just, it, it, it's no matter what build of it, uh, it's pretty gross. Um, and then let's not even, speaking of switcheroo, which again, um, I personally thought was going to be a meme, like just because of the inherent failure rate with it. But things like Illuminate 
and uh, Shadow Visions thrive, really increase the consistency of getting to your switcheroo before um, before you draw the, the minions. So it's not a 50% failure rate because you have a little bit of deck manipulation to prevent that, even if you don't draw the uh, one of Sphere of uh, Sapiens. So it's, it's really annoying. Both decks um, give me um, similar feelings to like Darkest Hour Warlock, where um, I, like these decks don't really have a matchup spread, right? Like it's just either they do their thing and they win, or they miss their draw and they fall flat on their face and you lose. Like that's and that's a really really dumb way to play Hearthstone where like neither player has much agency in the outcome of the game and like that's the play patterns that have typically been immediately nerfed so i think that's why a lot of people are anticipating expecting uh some sort of balance change in the near future because like i'll be honest it's it's not playing hearthstone like that's like it, like that's not how the designers intend the game to be played as is evident in some of the past uh, balance changes that they made so i think i think it's likely and i'm hopeful that we'll get uh, some changes to that in the future because honestly i want to play other priest decks and all of them involve switcheroo in some capacity i just want to draw two minions i don't care like just let me play the card in other decks that are fair and uh i don't, like i'm hesitant to do that because i don't know how switcheroo is going to look long term yeah, the um the switcheroo and chaos conversation um there's like so many directions to take it in, right? Uh, because it, like, do I just bitch for ten minutes about how awful it is? Do I do I start digging into you know the people that are saying that this is kind of fine or like this isn't any different than other stuff that's happening in the format? Um, do we talk about you know how likely nerfs are? Because here's the thing: like nerfs and bans, I I would be shocked if they weren't done at the first opportunity um that they can i i 100 expect either bans or nerfs to happen uh to chaos and switcheroo like i don't know what exactly they're gonna do because they still have to target switcheroo for standard um there's kind of some degeneracy going on in there involving some some three mana murlocs and death law uh deathwing and making some 12 12s with rush on on turn three turn four so i don't know um my experience has been absolutely well, I was going to say abysmal, but um, it's been very much going through like the five stages of grief uh, where <laughs> I, I was so pissed off that I, I tweeted out about it at the um, the very start of the expansion. Um, you know, like I I, I was talking about how Chaos Druid was like the worst thing in Wild. And then I started to bargain, you know, I started to, um, you know, play even Warlock with 28 tech cards. I cut Mountain Giant because I was like, dude, why am I going to play Mountain Giant on three if I'm dead on turn four? It doesn't make any sense. So I, I cut down. I just ran pure tech and that didn't work at all. Um, I got really sad and moved over to standard and now I'm just kind of fine with them. It's like, look, it's going to get nerfed. I, it's okay, but you know what? Let's do our therapy session. Let's do our, uh, our complaining because I know that everyone listening, well, not everyone, but the majority of people listening uh, feel exactly the way we do. Well, and... That's part of the thing, though, is you can't... Both of these decks are popping off so quickly. Like, how can you tech against it? Because you still have to draw your tech cards, which, you know, there are very few tech cards that reliably counter this, and many of them happen later than Switcheroo, uh, later than a Barnes could come down. Like, yeah, Hucklebot is great, but what if they play Switcheroo on three? And then it's like, 
you still just lose, right? Death Lord has to die. Dirty Rat, you need an answer to the 2020 boar, like, or the Kael'thas that comes out. So it's like, these things are, like, like, again, that's why neither player really has much agency over the outcome of the game, because, yeah, there are cards that, best case scenario, can answer these decks, but they're going so quickly and drawing so reliably and have so many fetches for the pieces that they need that um, I don't think you realistically can tech against them, like not reliably by any means. Um, I mean, you mentioned the win rates, but it's also like two of the most popular decks at higher legends too. So they're queuing into each other a lot. So in despite like the, like if you go to also the, the decks with the highest uh, sampling of games on HS Replay, it's, it's the same deck. So these people are queuing these same decks into each other uh, repeatedly and still they have very good win rates despite that. So it's like they're, they are just kind of feeding on people uh, bold enough to play other decks. I, you know, and, and again, uh, we talked about the speed of tech cards, like the speed of aggro isn't capable of uh, keeping up with these decks either because turn three, if you turn four, you're dead against both of these decks in a lot of cases. Yeah, with the way that these decks are set up, it feels like there's not much tech that uh, is good enough against it. Uh, there are not many decks that can kill them fast enough. So the matchup spread seems like there's very few bad matchups for the decks uh, that we're talking about here. So so what exactly uh, are you supposed to do? Is there anything you can do? Yeah, the um, th there might be some stuff out there. Like I think that Secret Hunter um, is kind of one of the better bets right now. But it's very limited, right? Like even a deck... Um, you know, I was talking about the, you know, the bargaining and kind of the uh, the even warlock adventure I went down, right? I started shoving in every single tech card I could and things like that. And a lot of times this didn't matter because it's like, you do have to actually kill the opponent as well um, if you're a deck like even warlock because, um, you know, it actually put on some pressure. And also, uh, they, it's the speed, right? Like, you, you drop a Firewatch post and then they just, like, I don't know, pounce Moonfire and they still pop off or, or something like that, right? It's just the, uh, or if, what happens if you just don't draw the Watch post and they just go off on turn three? Um, same thing with Switcheroo. Like, I, I was playing an aggro <laughs> rogue and uh, I got hit with a 2020 boar on turn two from the opponent. I was like, oh, well, you know, that was a game of Hearthstone. Um, so, yeah, when, when combo decks are this fast, um, they're not really easy to see tech against. A lot of times, players I've seen suggesting some very obscure choices, things like the shenanigans secret, I think, in, in Rogue, which is like the second card or minion that your opponent draws like turns into a banana or something. I, I can't even remember what the actual text is on that thing. Um, yeah, and... It it really does just like speak to I think a lot of why um players can feel like these play patterns are okay um even though they're not and I think it speaks to you know problems and weaknesses that other people have in deck building. This is Hearthstone, right? It's a best of one, and um you can't just like sub in your tech card when it's appropriate. And the thing is, you will lose overall win rate when you try and counter these decks with really obscure cards. You can't just throw in, like, a Shenanigans or a Sap or, like, I don't even know what, like, whatever, a, like, weird, terrible card is. Um, you can't just throw it into your deck just because it's good against this one thing, because it's so bad into everything else, right? Like, you can't just float dead cards in an aggro deck or something. Um, and, you know... Like, even a lot of these secrets and stuff that are designed to kind of beat the the druid, um, something like Pressure Plate, right? Uh, pressure Plate, 
Pressure Plate uh, doesn't even have the highest success rate because if they go like Barnes, then there's an extra minion board. If they go like Barnes, like Spell Spell, Barnes UI, there's like only a one in three that it hits the Kael'thas. Um, but overall, it's just a, a very difficult thing to really, really go after. Um, and it and it all together, because of the speed of the combo and how players don't have time to assemble disruption, it does create that matchup spread that Ruffle's talking about where it's completely flat, it's completely draw dependent. There's very little agency from either side. Um, and it's just coin flip simulator. Like, that's the truth. Um, and, and it's an incredibly, uh, frustrating play experience, I, I think, for me. Like, I, I described it as, it's the type of meta where people pop up in a top 10 legend who have never been top 300 before. Like, yeah, look, that might be gatekeepy and elitist, but, I mean, if the meta is just coin flipping and it's just draw dependence, I, I like... I expect to see people at top legend that I haven't seen in the past because it feels like decision making is pretty much just out the window. Like that, that's just the truth of how I feel. Yeah, and like I, I think an important thing about the the people suggesting tech cards too is they they just kind of like throw these tech cards out as though like yeah that's an auto win against it. Somebody even right. like in my comments today said that Hecklebot is an auto win against Switcheroo, and it's just like that's just not true. Like that, like that, that is, that's not how it works. Their entire deck is built around drawing the switcheroo as early as possible, which means they are far more likely to hit the switcheroo. Even if they don't hit it on curve, they're still more likely to hit the switcheroo in the early game than you are to hit your hecklebot, than you are to hit your shenanigans. Like you're not building your whole deck around drawing shenanigans or hecklebot. Like they are building their whole deck around finding the switcheroo so that they can combo quickly. Their and their whole play pattern is predicated around finding that switcheroo early in every matchup, regardless of, of what tech cards are happening. So it's far more likely that they hit their piece before you hit yours. And so, like, not only are you dropping win rate against every other deck because you're running these bad cards in your deck, but it doesn't even give you that 100% win rate against the the deck. It doesn't like I would be surprised if it even gives you that much above 50% win rate against the um these decks because like you you can't reliably draw them on, on time you can't reliably actually counter the decks you just have the cards in your deck but like and yeah, oftentimes uh, they end up remaining in your deck while the your opponent kills you yeah i had some incredibly frustrating experiences where i would rip the demonic project as early as turn two to play another one on turn three this whiff and then they'll just top deck the countless on four and it was like okay like, like I, I don't know what you want from me. Um, that happened many, many times. And then, again, uh, I, I kind of moved on to standard because I was like, I'm just not playing this anymore. <laughs> um, that was my entire experience with it. Um, well, actually, that's a lie because I have just been playing the Druid when I've been going over to Wild. <laughs> like, every every other I'm... game. Because that's part of the acceptance, right? I was talking about the stages of Greed. That, that's where I'm at right now. My my acceptance is that as soon as I see someone play Switcheroo, or honestly, as soon as I see someone Q priest against me, I move on. As soon as I see a druid um, drop a Kael'thas, I'm just uh, I'm out. Like the the good news is is that for me at least, you know, I'm I'm here creating content, so I'm going to record myself playing games of Hearthstone. Those aren't games of Hearthstone, so I just move on. Like with mm -hmm. Pirate Warrior, it was uniquely infuriating because like it would string you along, giving you the illusion of a chance, and then bam, you're dead. This is just like, oh, sure, next game. I, I can I, I can move on. And so, like, I, I just happily move on because again, like, I, I want to play Hearthstone, and this is this is something that maybe resembles Hearthstone from my perspective from my side of the board, but like from the opponents, they they are just playing coin flip simulator, which is what I really disliked about uh Darkest Hour Warlock, which is the last deck that infuriated me as much as um 
as uh, Pirate Warrior does or did recently. And so, yeah, like I, I just don't play against these decks because it's like it's not fun and not worth my time. And like, fortunately, I'm not pushing ranks, but like I feel for the people that are because they have to just oh, kind of insane. Suck it up and uh, yeah, High Legend is crazy with the uh, the Druid population right now. It's um, Everyone's just abandoned ship and is just kind of like flocking to it and gave up on everything else. Yeah, so I was just looking at HS Replay, actually. Um, and so this is a very limited sample size, but it, these are the two most popular decks, and they have extremely powerful win rates still, even with everybody trying to tech for it, building their decks with that in mind, queuing into a bunch of mirrors. They're all sitting at 55% win rate uh, in Legend. Uh, Ruffle, I don't know if things are much uh, different at, at Diamond 5, but it seems like um, not only are these decks really popular and polarized, they're also just like winning a lot. Yeah, things are a little bit better at uh, at Diamond 5. I've been seeing a actually fairly good amount of variety, um, and in part because I'm not wasting time playing against these <laughs> decks, so I see I see more decks. Uh, unfortunately, like when I was trying to test decks that like I wanted to see if they were good, um, you know, auto conceding to these makes it harder to to see how successful they are, and it's kind of uh, irritating. One more thing about the tech cards too, because like a lot of tech cards that people suggest are um Pecklebot, Dirty Rat, um, Savory DV Delight, even Demonic Project, those have an inherent failure rate even if you do draw them on time, right? Because there's there's two minions in both of those decks, right? If you whiff on the Deviant Delight and you hit the darkness, GG, you lost. If you dirty rat the uh, the darkness, same thing, GG, you lost. If you dirty rat the board, you still have to have a second piece now to remove it. And then same applies to Demonic Project, where like there's a failure rate associated with that. With Hecklebot, yeah, it beats Priest, but then against Druid, you have the same thing. If it pulls out a Kael'thas on turn four, you just did your opponent a favor. If it hits the Barnes, they still have the Kael'thas. So it's like... Right? I know. It's, um, it, it's just the worst meta to me, where the, it's all about draw dependence from the Druid and Priest side, where it's just like... You get to do a thing if you draw Barnes Kale, and then you don't get to do a thing. And same with if you draw Switcheroo, you get to do a thing. Otherwise, you just don't. There's no real decision making going on there. And then uh, from the opponent side, like the, the quote unquote counters, um, just like promoting people trying to run tech cards, like drawing tech cards and playing tech cards and praying that your tech cards work is also completely uninteresting gameplay to me as well. Like it creates this like dynamic where no matter what you're doing, I'm bored and I'm not enjoying like what's happening. Yeah, just tank your. Just tank your MMR down to so that you're queuing into Diamond Five people like myself, and you'll see you'll see a much greater lovely variety. place. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's still playing Pirate Warrior and Questline Hunter where I'm at, and I would never thought I'd th thought I'd say this, but it's wonderful. <laughs> so I'm gonna kind of move on to a very simplistic question that's uh, very loaded and probably a lot more complex in answers, um, but. With the arrival of these two decks, would you argue that we need more disruption uh, in the format? I mean, sure. Like, I, I'm not opposed to disruption as long as they're, I don't know, realistic and good. Uh, like, but, but, and not like ubiquitously powerful, like something. I feel like Mind Render Lucy is a good example of bad disruption um, and how disruption can go wrong. But um, yeah, like I would, I I like disruption cards. I would, and I, you know, I think that they're a good answer. But like, I I think these are two unique cases that like, like you can't disrupt your way past these decks. Is is like what we've kind of just been talking about, right? You, 
if you can't smork down these decks, you're not going to disrupt them in time reliably. So I think that I, I don't know if that solves this problem necessarily, but like longer term, sure. I think we're actually at a pretty good level of disruption in wild right now. Uh, I know that people are sometimes always wanting more, but I, I think that like um, the the fact that combat decks haven't really been able to exist uh, if they're not rat proof for a while, uh, I think is a nod to that. Um, it feels like any sort of late gamey combo centric archetype has to be has to have a certain somehow level of either redundancy or like like something like Mechathun Warlock is kind of like one of the unique late game combo decks that has some ability to play around Rat, but there really aren't that many of them. Um, I think that like Shaman success um, has, you know, the, the fact that Shaman is like, even with a deck like Quest Rogue, for example, you know, it's kind of like pretty incredible considering it puts on like zero pressure. Um, and I, I think there are just other decks though as well, like whether whether it's Weblord, you know, like Weblord being a very strong counter to certain like Battlecry type uh, decks. Um, we're actually at a pretty good level, I, I think, um, where apart from a, a few, few unique situations, um, it does feel like players have a lot of options, I think, with tech cards. It's just, again, it's not just, you know, the availability of tech cards. It's a matter of... Um, drawing them and making them do something so you know yeah it's just the speed of the decks right it's not it's not like a lack of disruption it's just that disruption is not quick enough to beat turn two turn three otk so yeah i think i think one last thing that i wanted to touch on on this topic that uh the core brought up earlier that is very relevant is that like there is a deck that's similarly frustrating and standard to switcheroo priest and so i think that gives me a little bit of hope that that will probably be touched in a way that isn't just like a ban to switcheroo because i don't want to i don't want to lose switcheroo i like i said earlier i want to play switcheroo just not like in the switcheroo priest right like i want to play that card in other fun decks and i don't want to lose like a lot of people have been saying just ban switcheroo just ban switcheroo and i'm like no no give me that card i want that card's interesting outside of this deck just don't just don't let this deck... I would rather lose Stone Tusk Board than Switcheroo. I would rather lose the Darkness than Switcheroo right now. Like, I just... Like, I don't know. Like, so I think it's likely that Switcheroo is going to get changed in some capacity so that it's not doing that. And I, I would expect that uh, Kael'thas is too. But I think we're also, like, in a very unique situation where we have two of the decks that are doing the coin flippy thing. Like we've, we've suffered through <laughs> yeah. one at a time in the past and that was bad enough. Now, now we're really just watching two like flip coins against one another. And it's, it, it's weird. It, um, it is silly. Like it is just a weird situation. Yeah. 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 All right. To wrap up this conversation, I do want to say that, uh, it has kind of been all but confirmed that uh, that changes are coming. So for those of you guys that do not know, uh, somebody named Matt London on Twitter. Um, so Matt London is kind of now the guy uh, on, on the development team for modes. So that includes Arena, Duels, and, and I believe Wild and Classic fall under his umbrella as well. And so uh, about a week ago, he did a thread about OTK decks in card games in general. And uh, somebody quote tweeted that saying, oh, this is really interesting given what's going on in the format right now. And uh, Matt London did reply saying, yeah, it makes you really wonder about the, uh, the near future. And so mm. kind of kind of all but confirming that, uh, you know, changes changes are coming, coming soon. And so uh, just, to, just to put that out there, 
And so, assuming that uh, that nerfs are coming and coming this week, I I mean I have nothing to say that they're coming this week. To I just that's the the hopefulness in me. But let's say changes are coming soon. Uh, are there other decks that are out there from Voyage to the Sunken City that you have messed around with in between games against the coin flip decks um, that you think have a lot of potential or you're excited to mess around with uh, kind of in a post-patch uh, world? Chop bucket. Do you want to you want to elaborate? <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> uh, Murloc Warlock is actually uh, pretty sweet. Um, like I out hand buffed a hand buff Paladin, and, and <laughs> it was it, it was uniquely satisfying. Um, yeah, it's uh, the it, it's like I don't know. It's mana cheat and uh, and stat cheating that feels somehow because you are paying life for it and that can have consequences like you don't really want to kill this deck into questline hunter uh, because they remove your stuff and then kill you uh, but I don't know there's something just satisfying about getting rewarded for being on a head on board with chum bucket being able to swing back the board with things like lush water scout and even um, even my boy crab rider who I was a little bit hesitant uh, about is uh, feeling pretty good in that deck and um like the five mana ravager murloc is pretty nutty for filling your hand in preparation for the chum bucket or refilling your hand after you've dumped uh earlier the dredge mechanic feels really rewarding in that deck because you get um unique payoffs for it and you can then like plan your turns ahead Ugh, man the one thing that the um that those two decks are overshadowing is how sweet of a mechanic dredge is Mm. because they're kind of abusing it with things like illuminate and aquatic form but dredge itself is is just really fun like it allows you to prepare turns uh in advance which is like what people always point to as um you know you know the skill intensive hearthstone uh gameplay is like planning your turns in advance so um you know that's what i'm lo i'm looking forward to just playing Hearthstone again, and uh, Dredge is a big part of that, and um, Murloc Warlock is one of the most fun decks that uh, I've played with the, you know, with the intent of uh, it being a successful deck. That and the uh, the Aggro Rogue is uh, pretty nutty. I think that, god, that uh, that Swordfish really does some serious work, um, w whether or not you get a Buccaneer attached to it, and I think, uh, I think we're very lucky that Nitro Boost Poison was not... Uh, was not yeah. unnerfed with that card that that would just be outrageous like that that would be what an extra six damage attached to that for one mana there would be a one mana fireball uh that's assuming there's no minions or like your minion only gets to connect one so that's one mana deal eight that's outrageous no no <laughs> so yeah the yeah. uh yeah rogue is um rogue is probably too good to be honest like i i think i think the rogue deck is gonna be a little spooky uh once once the nerfs to the uh the druid stuff happens um but i mean that that's kind of the big one even right now like rogue might still be like the best choice on ladder right like we're talking about like uncountables and how um it is difficult to sort of like beat out the druid rogue, rogue still might like have the highest win rate just outright so i wouldn't be shocked if that's the case right now um a lot of the other decks, like, a lot of the tribal stuff doesn't interest me as much. Like, I've never been super big into, you know, like, Murloc decks and things like that, or the mechs. So, um, this being a very tribal expansion does kind of leave me a little bit limited on options. That said, I have very much enjoyed 
Dark Lair Priest. <laughs> um, that that is a deck that I uh, I didn't realize I was going to be playing for like five hours on day one, but there I was just playing for five hours, and I had a really 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 good time time um, playing some eight eights on on turn three. You know, it's like uh, it's like that Ratatouille meme where it just takes you back to your childhood. Um, I had a great time. Oops. No, <laughs> no. Uh, for those of you guys that haven't seen Core, I think Core came out of a slumber and actually posted a YouTube video for the first time in like years. Um, Let's go. Yes. Yeah. So you utilize the new zero mana legendary uh, to cheat up a whole bunch of mana alongside stuff like Radiant Elemental. Who could have seen that one come in? Um, mm-hmm. And I think you had a you had a couple games where you were like dropping four eight eights on turn three or turn four, which was it was definitely some PTSD back to like. OG Dark Lair, OG Quest Mage days, like it was, it was kind of gross. Yeah, the um, the priests uh, didn't know what we were gonna do with all these cards. It's just like, oh, this is a whole bunch of powerful stuff, and then it turns out zero matter eight eights. It's always zero matter eight eights every <laughs> single time in a wild. Um, but yeah, the uh, the the priest stuff is pretty gross. <laughs> like it's 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 pretty gross. Like I had, I had a really good time playing it. It was fun. Um, I. <clears throat> I wouldn't be shocked, Meath, if you might get your wish sooner rather than later, I think. Radiant Elemental Nerf 2? Oh, dude, I, if they do I, all three of those, it'll be Christmas. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, maybe not, like, immediately, I, I know. but I think, like, <laughs> I think within the year, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's especially true if, uh, first of all, it got moved to standard, right? So a nerf is possible in general or more likely in general if something breaks in standard but then like the um the fact that like inner fire is still you know very powerful even when switcheroo gets nerfed um you've got the dark glare priest which honestly like what you described is disgusting but like it sounds fun to play it sounds interesting i want to try it but like again i'm just kind of waiting on the the switcheroo so yeah, it was it was very difficult the uh, the deck to try and figure out like what to do. There's a lot of uh, it took me a couple dozen, actually over a dozen games I think until I started to feel kind of confident and stuff. But you can you can set up some nasty stuff like seancing the um, the legendary. Um, <laughs> like you can just keep looping and just like keep going infinite and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. I some of the mech decks as well in wild kind of do some some really gross things as early as turn two turn three uh thanks to uh mech warper which is like sork apprentice and radio elemental except for mechs um and so i i don't know maybe one day we'll we'll get my wish but uh i don't know those decks have to exist in a post-patch world first before we can uh make any of those evaluations um i i was actually excited so when we were doing our card reviews um i kind of like glossed over sunken vessel like really quickly because shuffle rogue is kind of a complete meme but the fact that it's like a shuffle card that actually gives you a lot of stuff on the front end as well was something that was super interesting to me and it's no i know it's something that like people in standard are kind of uh taking advantage of a little bit uh in their pirate rogues so i mean shuffle rogues another deck that i'm interested in trying out like post patch um trying to distinguish whether mech mage mech paladin is good there's just demon hunter in general um god there's so much cool stuff so many cool cards i think that's like the saddest part about this like coin flip simulator like if it came out of an expansion that like only had like four or five really cool cards that i wanted to mess around with it wouldn't sting as bad like it would still suck but the fact that all these cool cards exist and we can't really do anything with them yet is 
kind of the most depressing part about this uh, this meta. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It just like, you know, I'm not even terribly partial to the like minion type decks myself, but I don't know. They both have kind of unique spins in Max and Murlocs that like I do find them interesting this time around. And like they actually printed some very cool Max and Murlocs that like I want to to play. But yeah, it, it does feel bad when you can do those. I've been hearing a lot of reports of people having success with both Mech Mage and Mech Paladin though. So I think that you're right that those decks probably are the real deal, but it's it is kind of difficult to um to get a sense of that right now because everything is so you know dominated by those uh, two decks that we were talking about earlier so i think that if and when we do get balance changes we'll kind of like like corp said we'll actually get to see what the expansion brings other than those two decks um and uh i think that'll be a fun time for like honestly like when i'm not queuing into those decks i'm having some of the most fun in our stone that i've had in a while like some of those decks that uh, we were just talking about like murloc warlock um even Pirate Warrior, I'm just like, I, I, I'm having fun just farming you. And that's not like, you know, that's not something that was happening uh, prior to the expansion. The same is true for those mech decks. Like, Pirate Warriors don't fear me anymore. I I just, I like, I have, uh, I have new tools to beat them and, like, high-quality cards and uh, new archetypes that, like, can actually push them down that a lot of people are playing. So, like, y- you might start seeing the pirate warrior population decline even further because it's not going to be as successful anymore and that's that's great news for me yeah all right so basically what i'm hearing is uh make sure you guys tune in next week for the uh the real week one impressions of voyage to the sunken city because i I, i'm given whenever the nerfs happen because i am assuming they're coming soon I, i think the normal cadence has been like a week or two weeks after the expansion they always do a balance patch for standard for outliers and i would expect changes to wild decks in that balance patch so i don't know if it'll be this week i don't know if it'll be the week after but i would expect them yeah, relatively the, soon there's a um a balance tour on not like this coming week but the week after so kind of like thursday like this next thursday or the tuesday sort of the expected like tuesday would make things very difficult for the uh, masters tour players but you know what that's never stopped them before so we'll, we'll see i think it'll be one of those dates probably yeah but, um, I'm torn on that because like on the one hand they it's possible they pushed it back to avoid like these types of decks um kind of uh ruining the masters tour on another one because they pushed it back they might be they might be hesitant to do balance changes before and that might have been why they pushed it back to begin with is to avoid like or to give the players time to prepare and if you do balance changes then they lose that prep time so I don't know. Like you definitely no promises in terms of uh next week on the the balance changes, but we're hopeful that uh, there will be some soon. I got to <laughs> I got to come in with the uh, the the reality check and be yeah. the bummer here yeah. just so that people's Look, expectations don't get they, set. They've uh, got to they've got to fix Pandaren Importer, all right? That that is the number one priority right now. So yeah, I, mean, I... I, I am on that copium. I, I need these changes ASAP so that I can enjoy playing the format and the new cards. Like, that's me selfishly hoping that it's this week. And I think it's a lot of people selfishly hoping for this mm-hmm. week. Um, oh, I, I'm desperate for them this week. I Like, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. But, like, just because I want them doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know? If you if you believe, if you believe, they will happen, right? It's it's simple. Um, yeah. 
so like i said check in next week check in the week after for the other uh, real week uh, week one impressions of voyage of the sun and city once we get to play with the new cards um and so to wrap up uh, today's podcast we actually wanted to touch on a couple of things that were uh, kind of announced slash put out in the uh, the universe a couple weeks ago that we just did, like didn't have time to talk about given all of the things going on with uh, theory crafting and Voyage to the Sunken City being released and new cards and all that kind of stuff. So uh, for those of you guys, we haven't talked about these in a while, but XR does bi-weekly Q&As over on Twitter. And uh, there were a couple of really interesting tweets that they put out there hinting about a couple of things related to the WoW format that might be in the works or coming in the future. So just a reminder, uh, make sure you guys are following XR, make sure you guys are following uh, the Matt London on uh, on Twitter because uh, the Matt London is going to be the guy that, you know, is going to be doing a lot of the, the wild tweeting and wild announcements as well. So make sure you guys keep an eye out on any, make sure you turn on those, turn on those notifications for you new uh, Twitter buffs so that you know when all those juicy tweets go live. But let's hop into a couple of these tweets here. Um, it's been a while since we've done this, so I'm going to do a little bit of reading for you guys. So, uh, Alonzo uh, asked Ixar this question of, how do you feel about a rotating format in which only selected sets are legal? So this is a question that's been posed a couple of times. Uh, so, kind of like the expedition format in Eternal. Um, and then there was a bunch of stuff about Mercs that I won't read. So Ixar's reply um, was, we've been talking about shifting classic to a format like this instead of just being classic there is real consideration here and not just a discussion so it sounds like we might finally be getting what a lot of people have been asking for where we get a rotating set constructed format very surprised very surprised this is actually going ahead because i know there's been sort of a you know they haven't really confirmed anything like that in the in the past they've usually kind of like pushed back on the idea about wanting to split the player base and as recently as like last year, we had a. I believe we asked Xar about this when we had him on the uh, on the show, mm-hmm. um, and it's come up a number of times in the AMA. So, it's a thought. Like I, I thought, like standard. Uh, sorry, classic was very much um, planned out to just be classic, and then it'll be Nax, and then you know got JVG, and like it was going to be like this. But um, damn, it looks like there might have been some uh, some pretty pretty rapid overhaul with uh yeah their plans for that which is uh, really cool because i mean you know we've talked about in the past like i'd love this format <laughs> I'm, I'm super down for this format it's the thing um but i guess just uh wait and see if it's actually happening yeah and i think there's maybe a little bit less risk in uh, splitting formats when you do this with an established mode like classic which unfortunately isn't nearly as popular as a lot of people kind of anticipated it would be so like it's there so is dead. a yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say it because I'm sure there's some classic injuries <laughs> in the comments that would roast me. But like, uh, and and, and pe- like, people have that same perspective of wild too. So I like, I don't like, uh, you know, I, it, yeah, I know, I know the populations aren't nearly <laughs> the same. And so I think that, like, quite honestly, classic needs the help in terms of its population. Um, and so doing something that uh, is a little bit more interesting than chill when yetis bopping each other is probably um, a. a good way to go about that and i think would maybe because i'm i have concerns about splitting the player base as well mm. and uh i think that maybe doing that with an already established uh game mode is um is the way to go and like i had concerns about classic splitting the player base and that didn't, didn't happen <laughs> so <laughs> so i guess I, I maybe my my concerns were unfounded and um i'm just you know being uh, needlessly um 
I guess, conservative in terms of the having different uh, game modes in Hearthstone is probably just a good thing, especially a game mode that I think I would enjoy. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do here because I think, God, I think it was like maybe three or four weeks ago, Matt put out the suite where it's like, um, what, what are your favorite you wild sets or expansions? No, it was like, what do you, you, what do you want for like the wild format, right? Like, oh, if you could improve okay. one thing. And like one of my responses, like there was all these things about like balance changes and wild open and stuff like that, like the expected. But one of the things that I've like wanted the most is just like more ways to play with my wild cards because as we move on, cards like Reno and all these really, really sweet cards kind of get phased out because they just kind of get outclassed or the, you know, things are, things are just going to change. And so just like more formats where I can play these cards is better, right? And it will incentivize people to buy more packs, right? So that they keep playing uh, some new new decks in these rotating formats. So the more things that are in Hearthstone, I think the, the better. And it doesn't really sound like it's going to take away too many resources if they're already using like what the shell of classic is um to make this new format so i'm excited for it um we'll see if it actually happens and, and comes to fruition but i am I'm pretty excited yeah and I, I think matt did did have that tweet that i was referencing where he was asking like hey what is your favorite like expansion of all time mm, and yeah. like he was talking about old stuff like that so hey Maybe? so another reason you should be following matt he foreshadows a lot of these really really interesting things on twitter <laughs> apparently <laughs> um what one thing i will add to that though is that he's not on the balance team so don't yell at him about balance issues he is purely here for um like these Big types picture. of bigger picture mode type things and the direction of some of these formats like shifting classic towards a rotating format not fine-tuning the the cards that you play with on a daily basis so something to keep in mind Thank you for that important disclaimer uh, before we brush Matt, and uh, he never wants to talk to us ever again. So, yep. Uh, next tweet, though. Um, so there was a tweet. Uh, Has the idea of wild exclusive support cards ever been thrown around to breathe some new life into set-specific archetypes like Jade Rogue or OG Cthune? And so Ixar replied, uh, elevator pitch time. We make a new set of cards made up of mostly old Hearthstone favorites but also some new cards that go straight to wild to support archetypes that were fun, but were never quite powerful enough. This becomes the pack you want to buy if you want to play wild. Matt London and co have been cooking up some ideas in this space very early, but we like it as a starting concept. And this got the eye emojis. So, you know, it's uh something spicy and interesting. So for those of you guys, I, I'm going to make a magic reference here. So Corp, please don't hate me. Uh, but some of the eternal formats in, in Magic, they have things like uh, they have master sets, so they have like a Modern Horizons, which inject cards that are, would be way too powerful for uh, for standard to breathe new life and uh, into these eternal formats. Most importantly, it gets people to buy cards, right? But they do introduce a lot of really, really powerful, interesting cards, in my opinion. Um, some of them way too powerful, but that's you know a different issue. So would you guys be down slash interested in seeing something like that for uh, for wild? Yes, absolutely. This is this is this is my favorite idea that they are potentially working on for the sake of the the wild format. I've talking talking. I've spoken a lot in in the past about uh, um, like the real need for wild is some incentive to play it over standard. Cards that are exclusive to the format are exactly... New, not just cards, but new cards that are exclusive mm -hmm. to the format are 
a really big incentive to get people to actually try out the format because otherwise you can't play those new cards and you like you get that feeling of being left out and so i like i'm 100 on board with this this is like if if i could choose one of these things to happen tomorrow it would be this thing because like this is the thing that i think is the best for the the format more broadly like i think this would potentially have a bigger impact if they did it on a semi-regular cadence even if only once a year than even the wild open would just because you're going to draw in more players that aren't uh super competitive and that's like that's the bulk of your player base so like this i think would be huge if they if they move forward with it and i really hope that they do i've been hoping that they did this for a very long time but i didn't ever think it was even something that they would consider so the fact that they're not only considering it but potentially in the early stages of working on it is um phenomenal yeah, it's very interesting. Um, again, not something that I thought they would ever really have done. Uh, maybe just like floated out there like, oh, well, yeah, it's been talked about. But I mean, it kind of looks a little bit more than just we've talked about it. Kind of, uh, that's eye emojis. Look, those are strong eye emojis. Um, my my one fear, I guess, is kind of what Meowth was talking about with the power level and sort of pushing the power creep even more, which is why like, I, I think it's like a great idea. It just um, it would obviously require very delicate... Um, you know, the very, very delicate balancing of like what exactly you're pushing and how you're pushing it. I think it's totally great if you're doing things like Jade Rogue and um, especially if you're pushing archetypes that have traditionally been um, not just weak, obviously like weak is important, um, but slower. Like I, I think as long as you're not progressing the speed of the format too much, um, that would be ideal. Uh, which is which why I think like Jade Rogue is a really good example personally. But um there's a lot of lot of like dead archetypes in, in Wild that have just seen no support that you could easily revive in a number of exciting ways. I think that that point is true for any injection injection of new cards though, right? Like yeah. So it, like you you don't want to increase the the uh, speed of Wild in you know any new expansion either, uh, which is kind of our complaint with the uh, the unnerfs and the new cards that we got. So. Yeah, as um, they they need to toe that line between playable in the format, which uh, has you know had some uh, creep and power over the years, and um, and format breaking, which is a really hard line to toe, to be honest. And why we've ended up with things like we see now. Yeah, I guess the difference is like um, a lot of the standard expansions when they come out, sometimes they can accidentally mesh with wild cards, which can provide like very broken in uh, interactions. But it's just a matter of um. If you're intentionally pushing certain archetypes like in a more targeted way, I feel like that is even more potentially risky in terms of like upping the power level. But um, yeah, again, like you're saying, all new cards potentially break things. We just had that with Switcheroo and Boar, so you know it's a it is part of an inevitability of the if wild that things get powerful. Yeah, I mean, so don't get me wrong. I think new cards are always sweet, but I think there's some sort of beauty in like watching these cards that uh, would be innocuous have these really unintended sweet interactions in the format right like beast druid if you wanted to push the set like two years ago i think the beast druid support would be completely different than what we saw uh in standard and it would have like we i don't know it, it feels super weird to me like that's part of the for me the beauty of the format is just like watching happy accidents. yeah happy accidents these decks like like yeah. beast druid popping up right um dark glare priest popping up dark glare warlock popping up right like these really sweet decks that are just built off of these sweet interactions and i think 
I, I'm just really scared. Maybe I'm scared of what's happened in Magic, of like these these sets have been extremely pushed and they have completely warped the format to be built around those cards, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying that Harson will repeat that mistake. It's just something that I'm extremely wary of, of like, then it becomes, all right, rather than a rotating format where people don't have to buy new cards to compete, what some of these Eternal formats have turned into is like, hey, you need to buy the new cards to compete because they're so much powerful than everything else. And it turns into kind of like an artificial meta rather than like letting the meta kind of develop on its own right yeah so like i i know rolf was on he said he was really excited about it it is something that i am still like super hesitant on i will say i trust the hearthstone team a little bit more than i trust the uh the wizards development team especially since we're a digital format and they can go in and like fix mistakes if they make any which is like a huge deal but i don't know i i'm super wary but i would also like if they announce next week that they were coming out with one of these i would still be super excited that being said we have one last tweet to talk about and it's going to turn around and uh you know wrap up our uh, our therapy session here today um because it's related to the uh, the reverts here um so can you talk about the philosophy about the recent wild reverts a lot of people from the community are wondering why they seem so uh quote light um especially when the team reverted what many considered a problematic card like kalethos so Ixar replied, um, the philosophy is simple. Revert cards that would make wild more fun. Don't revert cards that would make wild less fun. That is ob- obviously a subjective thought, but that is the goal. So uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I'd just like to commend the original uh, poster for asking this question so uh, so well. Like... It's it's easy to say to smash your hand on a keyboard and say why unnerf Kalthos, but it's like it, it poses the question in a respectable manner, and it's a legitimate question. Like there were some nerfs that we were expecting. We talked about this in our one of our last episodes. Like there's some unnerfs that we were expecting that didn't happen, and then we, everybody's kind of like scratching their head when uh, Kalthos got unnerfed. Um, so like it's it it approaches a, a difficult question and in a respectable manner so I, I think that's a good start and it's an important question too um but i think with the the answer it seems clear that like m- the majority of players at least uh seem to agree that uh Kael'thas is not making the format more fun so hopefully they undo it yes um <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see the uh the the nerfs for what the the reverts for whatever it's worth I I actually don't think they'll light right like that was kind of the uh, in, in loaded into the question but I don't think the reverts will light overall um I I personally wouldn't have been you know a huge fan of seeing things like nitro and gibbling um back in because I I think that some of those cards are just too powerful and you know gibbling it isn't an OTK on turn three but it can create very similar non games like I I didn't really want crab rider reverted either. Um, and I think I think we saw quickly just how like fast Crab Rider could push something like in a Fire Priest, like it was kind of crazy. Um, and so for me, I actually don't think they were light. I just think that there are a few, um, you know, outliers, and Chaos is obviously one of those. Um, where it does seem very clear, like what I was talking about, where uh, you know you take a step back and it actually makes a little bit of sense. Where they're they're fine pushing these early game OTKs as long as they don't seem to think they're going to be too strong. Um, even if those OTKs like on turn four or five, obviously Kalthus better than that. Kalthus, uh, too good. Um, Kalthus, I expect to be 
re-nerfed the the re- <laughs> reversion of the revert um and that should happen quickly but yeah i mean the answer makes sense right like chaos is a a fun card for a lot of people uh i know a lot of people are enjoying it there's a lot of defense going on for for chaos right now from uh some sectors of the playbase so obviously some people are liking it it's just um a bit too much i think and uh i don't really blame the dev team at all for when they miss on this kind of stuff because you know like, a, a lot of us thought Switcheroo Priest, for example, wasn't going to be good enough. Like, uh, it wasn't until the day before the expansion where I was talking to some people and I, I realized, I was like, oh, I think this is actually going to be better than I thought. Like, it kind of, like, dawned on me finally. And then about 24 hours later, the reality set in. So, you know, uh, it, it's always a little easy in hindsight to start yelling at the devs and that kind of thing. But I think, um, again, while it's such a high-powered format and the failure rate on these decks can be so fine that um you know it's just easy in hindsight to make it look like it was always obvious and uh you know always so clear what was going to happen yeah yeah i think that's a good point too and i've been seeing a lot of comments saying well they should just never unnerf anything again if this is like because this failed and it's like you know we've had two three years this is one card where it went pretty horribly wrong i i don't feel like we should uh throw the baby out with the bathwater here like just because this happened doesn't mean we should be rooting against uh, nerfs um, in the future because, like, that's a big shakeup for the the wild format. Especially last year, we had like the most cards changed with the uh, the core set. We got really, really fun and interesting cards back that uh, had been un you know had been unplayable for a very long time. So, like, that attitude kind of uh, irritates me as well. So. Um, you know, yeah, they got it wrong. Um, hopefully they recognize and adjust quickly to that. They've done so in the past with things like Pocket Galaxy going to five. Um, so hopefully hopefully they're able to, um, you know, to to correct. And, like, it, it's unfortunate for at least a portion of the player base. It's kind of, like, lost confidence in the idea of unnerfs. But I think, the broad, broadly speaking, the unnerfs have been very good for the wild format this is just one example of them going wrong yeah very true all right that's gonna kind of wrap it up for today we uh we had some time to uh, talk about some q a's and uh we had our therapy session hopefully hopefully everybody is uh feeling better that's uh listening at least a little bit uh take solace in the fact that there are changes coming soon tm uh and so yeah unconfirmed but still unconfirmed <laughs> changes the changes are coming i would be very surprised if they didn't think that these were a problem um and, and decide to not take action so yeah hopefully everybody uh can find something that they're enjoying whether it is a you know a deck that's more fun not really caring about uh your win rates when you queue into all of these decks or you're taking uh you know, refugee and refugee status stuff in uh, standard or arena or any of these other formats as well. So I appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully next week we come bearing better news, better decks, and uh, a better recap of the uh, the week one meta. But uh, you'll have to tune in next time to find out. Uh, Raffle and Corp, thank you again for uh, for joining me and uh, let the people know where they can find you and your uh, standard and or wild content. Uh, yeah, you can find me smashing my head against the concede button every time I queue into Priest and Druid at uh, twitch.tv slash raffle, or you can catch highlights of that um, with those portions edited out at uh, on YouTube at raffle. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at rafflehs. 
And you can find me at Twitter at uh, Corbett Games for the hottest takes and the spiciest memes. Uh, you can also find me at, uh, at this Corbett on YouTube. And uh, yeah, Corbett at Twitch.tv. Sorry, I haven't quite gotten used to dropping the games from the, uh, the Twitch shout out. But yeah, just Corbett on Twitch now. Yep, you guys can find me at Get Me Out on all of those platforms that were mentioned. Appreciate all of you guys listening all the way, all the way to the end. And we will see you guys again next time. Later.